check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. Honestly, well, I feel like that's the way I learned. I was, um, um, when, when did I start? Uh, I started around like five or six when I first started playing guitar. So it was, uh, um, something where, you know, I didn't want to learn full songs. I just wanted to learn like little note, like parts and melodies that I like heard, like, you know, like whether it was like smoke on the water, or, mm-hmm. like, you know, some Beatles song that I was a fan of. Like this was before I like really like knew anything about music. So it was just the motifs were in my head. And so I would just like sit myself down with a book um, that was either had tablature or like sheet music and yep. then just um, go ahead and read it. And I, I was doing this from like until I was like nine or 10. And that's when my parents were like, oh, we should actually probably give him music lessons or something like that. So if I, um, then I started studying with teachers and like, that's when I was like, oh, I want to learn full songs. And so I was, I was doing that for a little bit, which was all on bass guitar or electric or uh, it was electric first. I had this like, God, what was the name of that guitar? Uh, it was an aria, funny enough, and so <laughs> it was a uh, yeah, and that that was possibly the shittiest guitar I've owned. It, I mean, don't get me wrong, it it was perfect for my like you know six year old ass, but it was like it was something where I want to say the um, so instead of a pickup like normal guitars have, yep. it had a speaker instead of a pickup, so it was pretty much just a guitar and amp in one and just created the most shitty tones you can possibly imagine it the was, guitar itself would put out the music yeah but it was like the most distorted uh like ty- kind of like guitar tone that you can possibly think of it, it i mean it, it would be great if i was you know just wanting to have that tone all the time but you know <laughs> I, I wanted to experience other kind yeah. of sounds you know 100 <laughs> percent. yeah that is ironic the name of it yeah, yeah, it truly is, honestly. I, I, I always point that out. I'm just kind of <laughs> like, you know, I own this guitar. I'm pretty sure, like, I probably was attracted to it because it had my name on it or some shit like that. But, like, no, it was a... This, truth be told, do not let six-year-olds buy their own guitars. Um, that's uh, uh, just an important lesson in life. Lesson number one, <laughs> right off the bat. All right, guys, we got Ari here. Hello. Basis of the Chonks. Uh, guitarist, bassist, yeah, of uh, that band. I also do a couple other projects. Um, yeah. Just uh, restarted my uh, um, cassette and um, record label, Higher Vibration. What is it called? Higher Vibration. Higher Vibrations? Yeah, so currently we're working towards putting out um, um, physical media of music, and, and this will later uh, become something where we're not just putting out music, but we're also putting out videos and like, you know, other kind of um, physical media that we enjoy, like, you know, like magazines or like uh, VHS and stuff like that. That's awesome. And physical media, that's what it means. Magazines and pictures and video for someone who's not in the music industry as myself. Yeah, generally. So like with physical, so there's digital and physical media. So mm-hmm. digital, you know, is pretty much just everything is um, done through a computer. Like you have a website, you have a uh, you know, streaming services, you know, yada, all that yada, yada. And then physical is when you have something like, you know, um, like, some, you know, the cassettes or vinyl where you can have it, but it's not, it, you don't have to have another physical thing to listen to it, if that makes, or actually, no, that's a lie. That I, I, you would need a, <laughs> you would need a turntable to listen to a vinyl. You would need a cassette player to listen to yeah. a cassette. But ideally, it's something where, 
you don't have to go look at a screen to listen to music. Oh, okay. Yeah. Or or whatever or whatever else you're doing except, you know, when we start releasing stuff on VHS. That's obviously you're obviously going to need a VHS player for that uh, or a VHS converter, but um, you know, we'll work it out. <laughs> yeah, you're going to do VHS? Uh hopefully sometime soon. Yeah, we were uh, there's talks of it. We're just not entirely sure of what we want to do with VHS yet, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Are you trying to bring that back, or is there kind of like that underground um, little niche of VHS clients or people who like it's, that still kind of like a record player? Yeah, we like we know of a good amount of people that still like buy and collect VHS tapes pretty like religiously, I'd say. So mm -hmm. it's like we're not. Uh, it's something where we want to appeal to those people, but we also want to appeal to, you know, mass media as well. You know, maybe something where it's like, oh, we can, you know, have it be a collab where we're collaborating with a um, old like, you know, cassette or um, not cassette uh, VHS uh, company where they're making. Uh, how do I describe it? Like, you know, they're they're making the VHS um, uh, players, and then we release the VHS and we sell it as a bundle or whatever. You know, mm -hmm. like we'll. We, we, there are so many ideas that we're just bouncing around that we're just trying to work out, but that's, that's one of them. And then another one is um, possibly just like having like a show where we just have like all like VHS tapes being played like in the background and that's going to be like the release show for that VHS video or something like that. That'd be sick. Yeah. So like a live performance with the VHS in the back? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Where it's like, you know, we'll have bands playing, but we'll mm -hmm. have the video being played like on like a hundred different TVs or something like that. That'd be just that right there. A hundred TVs just saying that and the same thing. I'm just picturing like a U shaped wall. Oh yeah. Just like a dome of this <laughs> movie and then a live band. Outdoor. Yeah. Well, we were like, um, I want, where, where did I first see a TV wall? I, that's the, that's the name for it. I TV guess. Wall. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to turn, um, Oh, desert days. Um, this music festival, um, my friend actually did visuals at it and um, helped set up this whole like TV wall. And I just remember like I was just walking around and I saw it over by like a stage and I just like stared at it for like an hour. <laughs> Want to say I missed a band because of that, <laughs> but at the same time, what was, was it showing? Just like graphics or was it oh, showing it, the band? It, no, it was it was literally just everything that you could possibly like. I remember there was like a horse race on one. There was like a. Uh, uh, soap opera and another one there was a akira and another uh, so it was just randomness randomness but it was also just the most like glitched out you can possibly imagine like the horse race was like on acid or yeah. like you know you're watching akira but it's like all distorted or whatever <laughs> and it's 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 wonderful <laughs> and that was at a festival yeah that was at a music festival Makes and that's sense. partially where i got the idea well I, I mean that's partially where um, um higher vibration got the idea and it was um, that that also well I guess like that festival in general was probably just a festival I, I used to attend to and like you know mm -hmm. see like look up to the festival promoters and all that and like such a high regard because I'm just like you guys are doing shit that no one else in LA is doing and I really appreciate that yeah and all the artists out here that's got to stand out yeah yeah. I think of everyone who's kind of doing a similar thing as somebody else and then so if you see someone who's doing something you haven't seen that's got to stick out right away yeah yeah and that's that's the main thing for me you know it's like I, I'm, I'm always just on the search for people who are you know thinking outside the box mm -hmm. whether you know whether inspired by other people or whether they're just like fuck everyone else I want to just do things like the way I want to do it like mm -hmm. that's I that's 
purely just what I'm looking for when it comes to people and their art, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So let's get into this right away, man. I, I obviously knew you were a musician and we haven't, you know, spoken that much. I just met you a few weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which it's been great to meet you, by the way. Yeah. It's and been thanks great. For coming lovely show, to meet man. you as well. Yeah. Thank no, you, lovely man. to be here. <laughs> <laughs> but so I didn't know you were starting a record label. Is that it sounded like it was happening in the past and kind of stopped and now you're revamping that up again? Yeah, so pretty much um, before COVID, I, I, I hate to bring it back to those times, but yeah, it, was, uh, <laughs> it was it was something where I started up um, this label, but it wasn't meant to be a label yet. It was just purely started as a booking collective. So it was a name that me and my friends could uh, book shows under. Okay. Uh, we booked a couple of great shows. Uh, and like, I Like, sorry to cut you off, is that... Like you're saying, as a band, you're kind of using that to look like you're signed to a label? Not exactly. So I wasn't even booking my band for this. It, okay. was, it was just like, it was just something where I was, um, okay, so as a member of the Chonks, I was always uh, booking shows for us as mm -hmm. well. Um, that just sort of became a habit for me to do. Mm -hmm. I wasn't really like doing it under a name or anything. I was just throwing my band on the bill and then asking other bands that I wanted to play with to play. Mm -hmm. And eventually, like, you know, people, you know, took notice of this and they were like, hey, you know, you're pretty good. You should just start booking shows on your own if your band can't play. And like me being like 18, 17 mm -hmm. or something like that, I was just more or less like, what? That's stupid. Like, why would I do this? <laughs> you know, that's Like, I'm just doing this for my band. Like, yeah. why would I do this for anyone else? But around the age of 19 I um, started going to CalArts and I think that's when I started meeting like more people and you know was surrounded by more musicians and of whom I was like wow these people are super dope I'd love to help them out but you know at the same time I want to say um, Liam the uh, all, the also bassist and guitarist of the Chonks uh, he was attending USC his schedule was pretty rigorous and busy so he just gave me the like heads up of like hey you know this is going on for me i can only really do sh like one show a month like is that mm -hmm. fine and i was like yeah no that's you know that's fine with me i'm also busy with school and shit and then but then i found myself getting bored because i was like you know I, I got used to uh just booking these shows all the time and so then i started booking shows without my band on the bill and that's sort of what led into just me booking for other people and whatnot and it, and i was already like doing that kind of for like touring bands outside of LA like if my band like if they hit up my band to like play a show and I'm like yo my band can't play but like you know DM me personally and, mm -hmm. I, and I can set something up for you and you know I, I would set up the show may or may not have gone and you know would just make sure someone I would just make sure the touring band like got paid well or something like that but yeah. uh, then this sort of became like my new thing I guess was I was booking shows and then uh, from there it became something where everyone was like you know you should have a name to make yourself seem more official um at first i was like fuck that why would i do that and then but then uh, i just slowly met people that you know were on the same page as me that were like trying to had the same goal and mindset and so i was just kind of like you know I should just give this a try, see what happens. And sure enough, I en really enjoyed it, and then was quickly put put to a halt, which because uh, of COVID. Yeah, because of COVID. So we started it up in like I want to say our first show was November of 2019, mm -hmm. and then like we only, we we threw like a couple like a handful of shows or so, and then like 
had to cancel all of our shows like after March of 20, uh, 2020. So yeah. uh, now we're just sort of trying to pick up the paces again. Mm-hmm. And so this may sound like a really stupid question because I, I have no experience in the music industry, but when you're saying you're booking, are you saying you're acting as like an agent you're booking or are you booking yourself as in like you're playing with other bands? So you're just personally booking yourself. Like, you know what I mean? Um, are you like so booking I, other I, bands for a show and kind of working as a rep for them? Or are you actually playing with these bands? I guess so I, I guess it's a little bit of both. both. This is like where the DIY mentality comes in of LA where it's like, you know, I was acting as an agent, but also telling them, like, you know, these people would obviously know that I'm yeah. playing as well because yeah. they would see me on stage with the band or whatever. Yeah. There, there's been a few times where, like, I would play with the band. I would play with. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna call out anyone's band or anything, yeah. but it would be like, you know, I would play with this band or performer, and they wouldn't even realize that I was playing with this band. They just thought I was the booker because they would always. Um, you know, whenever they weren't performing, they would just go outside and, you know, just hang out and, you know, and then they would go inside for their set and mm-hmm. whatever else. And um, so then I, I sort of took advantage of that and just kind of like started fucking around with these people, just making them think like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm just the booker, not not anything else. And it, it sort of it sort of led into this whole like mysterious thing where like, you know, when people finally saw me like performing, they'll be like, "Oh wait, I didn't realize you actually did this." And I'll be like, "Yeah, I do," or you know, just sort of <laughs> sort of be petty about it or whatever. I'm just yeah, I'm but, fucking great. But at the <laughs> <laughs> it was just more or less like I I I just didn't want to take it personally or mm-hmm. anything, so I was just kind of just felt like I just I just felt like I just wanted to get myself into the mindset of just you know being one or the other, I guess, without being both and. People yeah. were just often confused about it. <laughs> yeah, you, you intentionally caused the mystery and confusion. Yeah, no, and and people were, uh, uh, you know, like people would come up to me just either thinking I'm the purely a band guy or purely a booker guy, and I'm just more or less like, why not both? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a thing out here too, man. It seems like uh, give yourself all the opportunity to succeed, especially if you're in an industry that's hard, you know. I don't know. Yeah. It could be better for you to specialize, I guess, just a player, but also you, it makes sense to me to like, well, I can do a couple different things in this industry to keep maybe keeping myself busy until one of those kind of pops off maybe one way or the other. Yeah. Is that kind of what you're thinking? Yeah, more or less. I mean, if anything, I'm, you know, I will be happy with any opportunity that sounds cool exactly. to me. But that being said, I, it has to sound cool to me, I mm-hmm. guess. And that's, that's where the line is drawn for me because, you know, there are people that will just approach me and be like, hey, you will really like this opportunity. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, yeah, I'm sure I will without, it, you know, without realizing that, like, oh, wait, my opinion's already said. If you just come up to me with the details saying that I would already have an opinion. I, I was just more or less like, no, you just tell me how, how it is and I'll tell you what I think of it. It's it, you don't tell me how I think of it. Yeah. <laughs> They're trying to force. Yeah, force, force what they want on you. Yeah, they're trying to force my own opinion. I'm like, oh, great. Like, my opinion's already chosen for me. That's, that's <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you if I like the show or not. <laughs> but so are you doing this label? It sounds like you're not doing it by yourself. Oh, no. So I'm doing it with um, a couple of good friends of mine, uh, Gabe, Yali, Jason, and Mark. Um, they all they all also do pretty much the same thing that I'm doing. You know, they play in their own separate projects they also do work they also and then they do um higher vibration stuff um purely just for fun and you know 
it's it, I don't want to say it's like a side project or anything because I, I take it personally and I mm -hmm. also like you know put a good amount of time money effort into this project and it's you know I I feel like it's gonna be rewarding one day it's ultimately you know I don't care if it's I don't care if it's successful or not or you know and in, in my opinion in my head it's just already successful as is yeah because people know the name uh, people know what we do and that's all that really matters to me is that you know it, it's it's it doesn't have to be a big name thing or anything it do, i don't care if like everyone in la knows about us i just yeah. would rather know that the people who do know about us really like us yeah you want you want rep your reputation to be good and you know yeah. go, go from there i guess yeah because I, I don't know i it's it's been hard because i've been finding a lot of like you know I, i've i've seen a lot of my friends and you know acquaintances or whatever just like start like literally like I, I hate to sound corny or and whatnot but you know start from the bottom then I go to the top as, as they call it and then you know a lot of my and then a lot of my friends will see themselves going to the top and then some somehow or some way this purposely sabotage themselves really um yeah I mean subconsciously I, I don't want to say self-consciously I mean there's like you know a lot of different ways that one could do this in yeah. LA because you know everyone's getting canceled nowadays but uh yeah i've just seen uh james franco today like outside or no, no. <laughs> he's right there bro oh yeah no. what's up james <laughs> just throwing that in there <laughs> no i saw something about uh maybe this is old news it's new to me i don't know uh seth rogan distancing distancing himself from james franco for james franco having sexual assault accusations yeah, I mean that's that, new to me. I was like, oh wow. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, not I, really. Yeah, it's I. I never really like. I don't want to be like, oh, I've heard stories or yeah. you know. But it's like generally when I hear people talk about James Franco, like it's generally like, oh yeah, James Franco. Like, uh, <laughs> like it's, it's it's something where I realize like, okay, something is there. I don't know what it is, yeah. but it's you know clearly he's rubbing people wrong and yeah. literally quite literally might be rubbing people wrong <laughs> <laughs> as far as i know <laughs> might have been a spot-on choice of words that was funny <laughs> yeah but no that's that's um it's it's funny that you mentioned that. i was watching a um, movie that he was in last night and yeah. it was it's kind of i kind of noticed this like you know after you know not watching a a movie or a show that he's been in or something like that but he sort of plays the, the same character. It's like yeah. the mysterious, like bisexual, um, kind of like a little too touchy, a little, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, you're kind of just like, oh, wow. Like, when are you going to do something else? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you definitely get those guys out here. I think that I think I've seen him in other things, but they're just never um, successful, maybe, or just not widely marketed because I have nothing specific in my head right now, but I have, I remember seeing something of seeing him in it that was a completely different type of character. And I was like, wow, I've never seen this before. never heard of this movie. Nothing. Didn't yeah. know he was in it. Um, oh. I like him, but I'm not like his biggest fan. So I probably just don't know all the things he's doing. Was that uh, Spring Breakers? I think, right? I, I think it was like a serious movie. Uh, so he was okay. like, it was one of those movies where I didn't know he was in it. And then all of a sudden he was in it and it was totally not his typical exactly what he described like mo yeah. role so it's like wow shit. i don't I know i want to say like that was probably the only film i enjoyed in him was was spring breakers, spring breakers? It, yeah he uh he pretty much embodied uh riffraff for a movie role <laughs> which uh which i thought was fucking hilarious i was like you know he he was just 
you know, white guy with dreads trying to act black. And I was just kind of like, holy shit. Like (laughs) this is a, this is a whole new thing, but, uh, at the same, yeah, that, that, that movie in particular is, uh, well, I'm, I'm also just a huge fan of the director Harmony Corinne, but, um, Harmony did a lot of like weird, like, I don't want to call it surreal, but just more or less like a, like a, like a take that most movie people wouldn't take because it wouldn't sell if that yeah. makes sense he's like he's he, willing to take the risk yeah like he um he wrote this film uh kids when he was 19 which is pretty much about well in in the most basic sense uh he was just writing about what kids do in new york but it wasn't just any kind of kid it was like you know the street uh skater kids mm-hmm. who were going out and do bad shit um or as people or like you know how people look down upon it as bad shit Mm -hmm. but you know it's it's a very real movie you know it's a very movie it's a movie where it touches light upon not only like what these kids are doing but also like you know how it's affecting them and like you know there's uh this one there's this one character uh tilly who's um named uh, the virgin surgeon and he's only going after um you know virgins and Mm -hmm. Uh, it shows how his predatory, you know, he's only 17 in it, but it shows how his predatory like behavior is like coming, is becoming an onset. Uh, and then he has another friend, Casper, who's um, um, more or less like looking up to Tilly in that sort of way. You know, to, uh, Jasper, uh, Ta- Casper is like not really the, uh, um, like the one who gets it of the friends, I guess. And that's, uh, you know, it seems like, he has like kind of a jealousy thing going on with Tilly, but it's a, but anyway, it's, it's one of those things where I like watched this movie and I knew that it's like, okay, this isn't going to be a happy ending. <laughs> like I, I'm not, I'm not going to spoil the movie or anything yeah. like that, but it's, it's not really, it's not a happy ending. And for that, I enjoyed it. Yeah. You know, it's like, you don't really get that in movies nowadays. It's like, you don't really just get a movie where there's just a bleak message of just like, yeah, the world's fucked. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what I was going to say is almost obviously happy endings are, you know, they're happy, but, yeah. but I, I do like, I almost don't like that. It's always a happy ending. It's always, cause then you just know like, okay, yeah. whatever fucked up scenario they're going through, ah, they'll figure it out. Yeah. This uh, is why that I, person's not going to die. They're the main character. Like, you yeah. know that ahead of time anyways, or at least that's what I tell myself. So maybe that kind of ruins the movie, but yeah. So something like that where it actually, I haven't seen the movie, but yeah. ends maybe realistically in a not a happy situation that would, I would enjoy that as well. Yeah. Well, I, I was, I was also just like on that subject because, um, I've been taking this ethics class at Cal arts and that's, uh, um, I had to write this whole like final and midterm on, uh, this movie, do the right thing by Spike Lee, mm-hmm. where that's also a movie with the same sort of message. It's just, uh, um, you know, like, Hey, look, this isn't a happy ending. This is a movie where, the message is going to be there. The message is going to be apparent. It, the the message of that movie being it, it's that you know racial t- racial tensions do not um, solve anything unless we see the um, the flaws in ourselves mm-hmm. as well, uh, which uh, which I thought was really powerful because it's not just directing that towards white people; it's directing that towards everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and another, well, I guess a, another little thing to mention about. Um, uh, just Harmony Corinne in general is that like, you know, um, the same thing with kids is that, you know, there was another movie that he made Gummo, uh, with the same sort of concept of just like, Hey, this is every, this, this isn't your life, but this is somebody's life. Yeah. And it's incredible. Like I, I really, I really respect it. 
kids is it similar to because jonah hill just produced one or made what like the 90s like mid 90s or something it sounds similar to that maybe even darker i haven't seen that either but i've heard about that same kind of thing kids who have divorced parents in like San Francisco, I think, and just kind of follows their life. It's a lot yeah. of skate culture kids. Yeah. I, so, so kids is more, I, I always refer to kids as, uh, or, um, uh, mid nineties as, um, uh, the West coast kids, um, <laughs> which, um, is a little ironic because, uh, uh, Jonah Hill, I'm noting you, you ripped off kids, but, uh, <laughs> it's, um, it's something where, um, Jonah Hill did take, a lifestyle that was really different. Um, like the skate cultures of the East Coast and West Coast were um, different. You know, mm-hmm. there were similarities. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna disagree on that. But mm-hmm. there were a lot of differences in the in the location. Mm-hmm. And location is really key. Oh, yeah. And um, Jonah Hill did take upon something where he was uh, directing. I, I well. I don't want to say that he wasn't well versed in the whole like mid '90s skate scene of West LA, but it's you know it's, is it it's, in LA or San Francisco? Oh, it's LA. Is it LA? Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's it, generally that whole movie is based on actually like where I grew up um, okay. in like Santa Monica, Venice area, and so it was it was cool for me to watch a movie where like you know I not only not only got to see my friends like you know, be in this like big screen movie that Jonah Hill made, but it was, it was just cool to see something where like, you know, oh, this is a culture that, you know, not a lot of people talk about Mm -hmm. and Jonah Hill did bring it to good light. So that's what I like about it. What I don't like about it is that, um, it's like, I I guess it's just not original, you know, like, as I mentioned, like he ripped off kids Mm -hmm. and, you know, there. Th- I'm sure there'll be people calling me out for saying that, but at the same time, I'm like, I will stand by it. No, Jonah Hill ripped off kids. I'll have to watch both of them. Uh, yeah, watch both of them back to back, and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's, it's kids kinda, first. Yeah, kids first, and then mid '90s. Mid '90s is just more polished. Mid '90s. That's a show, though, right? It's not a movie. No, it's a movie. It is a movie. Yeah, it's a movie. Yeah, and so like with yeah, and so like you know, you obviously have like big money behind that production as well because you have jonah hill who's like a big name actor yep. um i've also just heard a lot of like funny stories around jonah hill like there was um the singer of, of the chongs duncan he was out surfing one time in malibu and um jonah and i guess like he saw jonah hill pass the break and paddled out to him and was like hey you know i'm a big fan of mid 90s like it was cool seeing a lot of, you know the same yep. shit i just saw like you know it's cool seeing a lot of my friends like on the big screen like yep. you know I, I never would have thought they were given that opportunity and jonah harrell just responds with yeah you know i used to skate in the in the 90s a lot in the west side of la <laughs> like almost a scripted response to that question like i i don't know like i i'm, I'm oh, sure yeah, there's like yeah, other yeah. interviews where he just says the same exact thing but i was just more or less like this is a fan approaching you you can be a little more personal you know <laughs> and then from when i uh if i'm okay so then he tries to go for a wave cuts off this guy this guy like crashes into him starts yelling at jonah hill this big name star and jonah hill paddles back out past the break uh, to where duncan is and Duncan just goes, hey, fuck that guy, you know, he's just being an asshole. And then Jonah Hill is just like, yeah, fuck that dude, you know, like, I, I, he totally just went in my way, like, you know, I, I could, that wave was mine, for sure, yeah. And 
I was just more like after hearing this story, I was like, oh no, Jonah. <laughs> Jonah Hill, we need you to come on and tell your side of the story. <laughs> Please do, because I would like some explanation behind that. <laughs> it seemed like you were being rude, Jonah Hill. Don't be rude, Jonah. Don't be rude. Don't rip off kids, stop, Jonah. Stop snorting the cocaine, Jonah. <laughs> Jonah, come explain yourself. <laughs> Do you want do you want to get uncanceled, Jonah? This is how you do it. Yeah. No, if he comes on here, man, that would be. Get a, you get an email next week being yeah. like, "Hey, I'd like to uncancel myself. My name's Jonah Hill." <laughs> no, <laughs> you cannot. <laughs> you need to come on the show and talk. <laughs> uh, if I ever, yeah, that'd be it, dude. That'd be that. That'd be huge for this show. Seems like you you're, seems like you're making that way. I mean, I saw that um, podcast that you did last week with the guy who was like doing all that mushroom stuff. Right? Parker. Yeah. Yeah. He super cool stuff. I just met him through LinkedIn, which was awesome that that was a thing and even happened. And, oh, yeah. um, super interesting. Like, I don't know anything about mushrooms really, or the functional mushrooms, mm -hmm. like that whole industry. And it does seem like that's something that's probably going to take off in our lifetime. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll hear little things about it here and there. Like as kind of we were saying with him, marijuana is getting legalized. I would assume in our lifetime we'll see it federally, maybe not, but whatever it is, state by state. And then that's kind of coming right behind it. And yeah. there's legitimate health benefits, not even psychedelic mushrooms, like functional mushrooms literally have health benefits. And yeah, that's no, like what he's doing. And well, it's, I, I don't know. It, it's, it, it's funny that I, I was, I was at a, um, I don't want to know what to call it. Like, I guess it's like an outdoor show. Yeah. But it was it was thrown by um, this crew, uh, Dead City Punks, and they were like, I guess they've been just been known like since like this whole quarantine or um, uh, COVID phase, where like they've just been throwing all these like outdoor shows, like yeah. you know, in the time where you're not supposed to be playing shows. But like now, like more and more people are going because more and more and people are getting vaccinated, so it seems like it's safer to actually attend these shows. But yeah. I. I went to go check out this um, uh, the show that was under a bridge, um, <laughs> kind of by it, you know you know that junction um, where the I want to say it's the two meets the five, where like the Home Depot is. I don't. I'm not. St I'm still not super great with the five go goes north and south, right? Yeah. At an angle. I it's, don't know the two. Yeah, it's so it was uh, technically, I guess the the physical location was at Egret Park, but okay. uh, no one really calls it that. Everyone just calls it the under the, or I, I guess like you know most people just call it the spot by the LA River. But yeah. I I sh uh, I showed up to this thing, and then there's like five thousand people there, and I was like, when I walk into the entrance, there's like. Uh, um, there's these people advertising uh, psilocybin chocolate. Really? Uh, so that gave me, and it was like, you know, official branding type of shit. It wasn't like, you know, this, like, it wasn't like some sketchy dude sitting, sitting in some corner, like being like, hey, you want some mushrooms? It was like, it, no, it was like, they had a banner. They, it was like psilocybin chocolate and it was like a branding mm -hmm. and everything. And I was like, wow, this is going to be the next big wave of, you know, uh, the drug culture is like real. it's going to move from uh, uh, the mar marijuana becoming uh, legal into uh, you know psychedelics and uh, um, the other uh, kind of mushrooms as well. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I'm 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 with it. I I really I really appreciate it. I am too. Because um, it's already legal. Was it Denver? I don't know if you know that. I think in Denver they legalized. Denver? I thought it was Oregon. Maybe both. Both those places, I would not be surprised. But I'm pretty sure I, I remember hearing Denver legalized, yeah, uh, psychedelic mushrooms. Just in that city, not even in Colorado as a state, just the city of just Denver. That, just Denver itself? I think, yeah. yeah. I thought Oregon as a state legalized, or 
decriminalize um, psychedelics uh, and a bunch of other like class A sort of. Should we look it up? Uh, yeah, might as well. <laughs> I always forget I can do that. Yeah, we're on the uh, we're on the subject of it. We might as well just confirm it real quick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll watch back and I'll be like, dude, why don't you just look it up so then you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> Oregon. Oregon legalizes. Yeah, legalizes. How the fuck do you say that? Psilocybin. Psilocybin. Yeah, mushrooms and decriminalizes all drugs. Yeah. So I feel like California will probably be the next. It's sent that act. through. Like that's actually passed. Yeah. Expected. Approved a pair of ambitious drug policy reform ballot measures. One to legalize psilocybin mushrooms for use in therapy and a second separate bill ballot measure that decriminalizes possession of small amounts of all drugs. Yeah. Wow, that's huge. Yeah, honestly. And it's, I, I, I was, um, uh, I guess, like, the decriminalizing thing for me is, is really personal. Because, like, I've, I've seen just a lot of my friends, like, go on the uh, the path of hard drugs and I, yeah. I truly think that like you know um rehab is better than jail um mm -hmm. or like you know my friends uh, i have had friends you know arrested gone to jail for hard drugs and like you know they would get out of jail and just immediately go straight back to drugs mm -hmm. i would also have friends who would do the same with rehab um but at the same time i feel like each time when they would go into rehab they would walk out like you know, you know, sometimes they would just go back into it, but they would have the sense of clarity of like, oh, yeah, like I shouldn't do this. Otherwise, this will happen. And then something, you know, the ones that would just go back into it, you know, something would normally lead to that, uh, which was unfortunate. But I, you know, like first talking to them when they first get out, they're normally like, yeah, I shouldn't do this anymore. I know that. Yeah, at least they have the idea. At least it's geared towards helping them. That's like the background where I come from had a big opioid problem when I was in yeah. high school there. A lot of my... I wouldn't say a ton of, but I knew, I knew of, and a couple of my friends definitely had problems. Kids around me, friends of mine, OD'd. Most of them made it out. Most of them survived, thankfully. Um, some did not. Uh, I had yeah. a cousin who passed away actually really young, um, younger than I am now, which is crazy. It's always sorry, crazy to think sorry about. Sorry to hear about that. It's all right. I appreciate it. Yeah, um, I was, um, yeah I've had a couple of friends, um, I guess like the big the big one in my area was like Xanax and then that mm -hmm. led to like fentanyl. Mm -hmm. um, fentanyl, ours was heroin and then anything similar to heroin. Um, yeah, fentanyl would lead other kids to like do heroin if they couldn't get a hold mm -hmm. of um, fat. Like, like they would think in their head like, oh yeah, this is the next stronger thing to do. Exactly. Uh, which would which would normally lead, like, but even then they, were, they knew that they were more addicted to, uh, um, I guess the, uh, what's the name of it? Um, blues. It was like this smokable fentanyl that um, I, I actually witnessed someone smoke it. It was, oh God, it was, uh, it was alarming because it was something where, like, you know, literally seeing someone receive satisfaction from smoking out of tinfoil. Yeah. Like for like the mo for the shortest span of time, you know, like immediately afterwards, they're like, I want more. Yeah. Um, but. It's, you know, I looked at this and I was like, this is so unhealthy, but also just like so sad because, you know, I never wanted to see any of my friends just smoke out of tinfoil. Of course. Like it was, it was a very sad moment. I was. I can imagine. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's, that's a downer. Yeah. It's a, but I don't know. I feel like that a lot of them have either notice it or like, you know, they're, they are taking it upon themselves to make themselves better. Like I've. 
I've had a couple of friends get themselves out of that whole phase of, mm-hmm. of their life, which is I'm very thankful for because it's I've, I would distance myself from them because of that. You know, it's like I didn't want to be around it. I didn't, you know, and then like, you know, that would also lead to them doing other bad things, you know, and mm-hmm. like I it's not like, you know, it's not like I'm a, I'm a fan. It's not like I'm not a fan of doing bad things. I'm just, you know, not really a fan of doing them if it means I have to smoke fentanyl right before or whatever. Yeah, exactly. You, know, so you still like, want to be around it. You're smart enough to distance yourself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It makes complete sense. I mean, I, I would say I'm, I'm I was in similar situations. Um, yeah, where there was even as a kid, I guess I'm glad I did have a line where I wasn't going to cross. Mm-hmm. I would cross many lines, but there was lines where I was like, yeah, that's not it. Um, cause there was a lot of kids around me who, and a big thing too, I think that would come with legalization is education about it. Because I think yeah. that was a huge thing with kids in my area where I come from is I don't think they realized how addictive and serious heroin was until there was a problem until yeah. they OD'd. Yeah. And obviously uh, you can die from that. Like again, most of them luckily didn't at least the first time. And, but then you're just like in the situation where you didn't know what you were doing was so fucking you up yeah and i i personally just blame nancy reagan for all of this <laughs> it's like you know the whole war on drugs thing didn't even start we you know we wouldn't have the issue where like you know everyone's just telling each other like drugs are bad no matter what because you know in general like yeah there are you know drugs like marijuana and psychedelics that can really benefit you mm-hmm. and your mental health in the long run and you know hey sometimes if you can find a way to use it like I'm not. Smartly. I'm not condoning anyone to use marijuana, psychedelics, or anything. You know, anything or anything like that. But generally, if you know that you're using it, and you know that the way that you're using it is for your mental health and you know nothing else, like go ahead. You know, yeah. I I'd, or even for fun, but it's just not a problem. Yeah. Like if you can, if you know you can handle what you're doing. Yeah. And you're like, not letting it get out of control. I you know how to handle it. Like like drinking, dude. It's yeah, the same like thing. drinking. And I personally know like socially functionable meth heads like these are people who like you know smoke meth but they do it for like purely for you know the like they know they know the they know that it's deteriorating their body they know that it's fucked but they know that for whatever reason it gives them a feeling that no that no other drug can really and that that they utilize that feeling and they just go for it Hmm. and it's shocking (laughs) But also inspiring in a way, you know, it's like it's they know that, you know, this is the amount that they need to function and that they only use that amount every single day or like, you know, however, however much they use. Are they using it for like benefiting work like they have jobs and it's helping them or is is it an addiction now where they just need it to feel okay? It's probably a little bit of both. Um, I feel like a lot of um, these people I've talked to. Um, were like, you know, it, it's like if they never done meth, obviously that's a whole nother story. But, you know, for one reason or another, they did meth, uh, whether they chose to do it or whether it was given to them by mm-hmm. a friend or whether they were laced by it or whatever. And it's something where, you know, because of that, they don't, uh, they're not mad at themselves for using it. They're like more like it's it's very it's very strange to explain. They're like thankful in a way, like they're like yeah I know I fucked up, but in a way I'm thankful because it's made me realize that oh yeah you know it's it's what I need to uh, like you know live my life to the fullest. Really? Yeah. And 
I I don't know. It's it's alarming because I know that you know they can die from the drug. They can also you know just at any point in time just have you know a complete one eighty. Yeah. Um. But it's I don't know. It's strange. Like they're they're fully capable yeah. of doing what they need to do, and they know their limits. And it's 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 the most strange it's thing. It's the most strange thing to me. It's strange I, because that's so. Like that's the that's for sure a hard line for me. Um, I'm not doing that. I'm not condoning that. Yeah. Uh, that's not something I would say. Oh, yeah. I, I don't condone this to anyone. <laughs> uh, if anything, do not smoke meth. Do not find out if it's right for you. Uh, yeah. Like these people don't did. figure it out. Don't figure all. it out. Because <laughs> uh, I would say most people, it's probably not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. But at the same time, I don't know what I was going to say before, but like, kind of going back to legalization. I think it should be up to the person, you know, yeah. I think they should be able to decide. Um, now, obviously there's blurry lines with legalizing things and then kids getting a hold of it who don't know and yeah, can't exactly. decide for themselves or shouldn't maybe be old enough to decide for themselves yet. But I, I don't know. I, I feel like, yeah, people probably shouldn't be going to prison and all that whole shit, the, the incarceration side of all that, uh, for those types of things where yeah. it's kind of just your own choice and they should just go to rehab and yeah. try to get into a program that actually helps them maybe decide if they want to keep doing this or not, or if they can handle it or it, clearly it's a problem and they're trying to get off of it, but they can't Yeah, and putting them in jail. Yeah. It's probably not. Well, I, I do that. Yeah. I, I think one more thing to just add on to this whole like conversation is <laughs> probably, rant. Prob no, probably, <laughs> no, it's probably just, you know, once, the majority of people just stop seeing like drug use as a criminal thing and more like a mental thing, yeah. whether it is addiction or like you need it to, for whatever reason, like, you know, like, cause yeah, there are people who are addicted to stuff and there are people who legitimately need whatever they're taking for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's like, I, I, I feel like, you know, back when I was in high school, I was given a lot of shit for, smoking weed or like just uh, whatever other things I did and it would be coming a lot from it would be coming from people who were like you know I all amped up on like you know pharmaceuticals yeah, like Adderall, Adderall. <laughs> yeah like Adderall and all that shit and I'm just sort of like you know I'm sure that if I was to take Adderall one day and come to school all like you know perfect and shit like you are like that would make you really happy but I'm really happy doing what I'm doing yeah yeah and that's you know people just need to see that so that's why weed, marijuana, whatever you want to call it, uh, whatever your slang is for it, but just, just weed in general is like, it just seems so harmless compared yeah. to even say, uh, psychedelics or mushrooms. Like, so to have that legalized, yeah. And then kids are doing, taking Adderall, like, yeah, it's just and so ridiculous. All, uh, another thing, another <laughs> thing, to, another thing to point out is that Adderall is literally like, you know, it has the same ingredients of meth. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, if your friends is, just tried Adderall, they can just go to the doctor and get it. Yeah. No, no, like it, and Adderall is like the most easy. Like, I hate to say it, but Adderall is easier to get a hold of than weed. Like, it truly Probably. is. Like, I know, you know, I know too many people with Adderall prescriptions who have offered to sell to me. Oh, yeah. Or just like whatever else. Or, especially you know, when you're at school. Yeah, especially when you're at school. And in final times are coming around, like, you know, these kids with the prescriptions are like, all right, it's bank day. <laughs> <laughs> but exactly. It's, it's funny. I mean, it's funny that I, meant, I say it like that, but it truly but is. it is. Yeah. It really and, is. you know, it, it's, I, I don't, you know, I, I truly think that if you need Adderall, like, you should take it. But, you know, like... 
I, I, you know, it, it's personally something that I don't see myself using because I know what I need and I, I just need something to calm me down. I don't yeah, need something. I don't need something to amp me up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, then you know that for yourself. Yeah. See, that's, that's, that's the thing of like, you should be able to decide for yourself. Exactly. Um, it's and not for you. You don't want it. Cool. You're smart enough. You know, not to touch it or like whatever. It's not going to become a problem for you, but yeah. it might be the opposite for someone else where maybe weed is becomes a problem for them. It shouldn't, but yeah. you know, maybe something else, maybe mushrooms or, or something different. And then Adderall is actually really beneficial to them. I don't know. It should be your choice. I guess that's what I think. No, I, I, I agree. Yeah. It's that, you know, if you're going to take the drug, it's your choice. You shouldn't let other people convince you to do it. You shouldn't let someone lace you with drugs because yeah. that, that shit has even happened to me before. And that's not even fun because, yeah. th- you know, it, like people would slip something harder into something that I thought was just weed or yeah. alcohol or whatever. And then I'll just get more fucked up than I anticipated. And then that's what ruins the fun for me is that, you know, it's like someone's just like, hey, I just slipped E into your drink. Like, what do you think of it? I'm just like, I'm going to hate it because you slipped it into my drink, you fucking asshole. <laughs> like your friends? Trying to no, be fun no, or like some not, not random my, asshole? Not, not friends. It was just like people I met at a party. And, yeah. you know, it was just kind of like, hey, like I did this. And I was like, why the fuck would he tell me that? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you just fucked over my night. Thank yeah. you very much. Now I'm going to have to like try to find a way to get this ecstasy out of my body. Yeah. <laughs> Chug a bunch of water, maybe throw up. I don't know. I, I think I, I don't tried, know if you could do that. I, I didn't. I couldn't stop it. Yeah. I, I had to. I tried throwing up. It didn't work, and I was just more or less like I was bummed out that I was on ecstasy that night, which is probably not what you should be doing while you're on ecstasy. Exactly. I was gonna say that's kind of a double negative. Yeah. Exactly. When you didn't want it, and then once you are on it, it could be fun if you wanted it, but you didn't want it. So yeah. Like, like I've taken like you know I've taken ecstasy before like free and you know just like of my own choice and. You know, I tried it, didn't enjoy it, and I was like, "Cool, I'm not gonna do, probably yeah. not gonna do this again." Yeah. And then, like, I, was, I think I was telling that guy that, and then, like, he was just like, "All right, yeah. let me, uh, let me fuck this guy over tonight." And I was just kind of like, an Man, asshole, huh? "Fuck you, yeah." It, it's fuck uh, that guy. Yeah, fuck whoever that. you are. Yeah, if you're watching, if if <laughs> if you're the guy who slipped E into my drink, fuck you. Fuck you, dude. Um, Yeah, I mean, like, I'm thankful that I was able to just even get out of that whole thing. You know, it was like, there has been, you know, shit, like, I've I've known plenty of my friends have been laced before as well, and, like, you know, have either OD'd because of it or, you know, whatever else. Yeah, and, like, you know, I remember freshman, I want to say my freshman year of CalArts, everyone was, like, you know, that's that, that was the whole, like, big druggy year. That was when, like, you know, people were first leaving the nest for the first time, you know, they were like, you know, getting introduced to more or less the whole lifestyle of a college kid. Um, like the lifestyle of a college kid being yeah. that like, you know, it's like, you know, you're just hanging out with your friends, drinking, smoking, doing whatever else. Yeah. And it's fun. And until someone brings in like the heart of drugs. And mm-hmm. I want to say there was this party where um, people took uh, this Molly that was laced with um, PCP, yeah. I want to say. And some people knew that it was, some people didn't know. And, you know, I, I remember just seeing like 20 people just freaking out that night and, you know, having to calm down like two of them or so because they were like roaming my hallways four in the morning just like trying to break the exit signs or whatever. And I was just kind of like, you guys step into my room, let me calm you down. And yeah. then, I, then I learned that like, oh yeah, they took this molly that was laced and you know now they're just not able to handle themselves and i just had to like personally calm them down but it, it was 
it was fucked because I, I knew, you know, it was, it was obvious that the guy who sold um, the molly to these people, like, knew yeah. that it was, you know, laced and all and still gave it to them. And I don't know. I, I just look at situations like that. I'm just, I just really think, like, first of all, who, who are you benefiting? Because you're not, like, you know, I, I get, like, you know, there's there's certain drugs that you can cut that would make it cheaper. But, like, putting molly with, like, PCP, as far as I know, those are two expensive drugs. Like, that doesn't save any money for you. That just makes you get more fucked up and also just ruins, you know, just ruins the potential first-time molly users to that experience, you know. Like, and I'm sure there was plenty of those that mm -hmm. night because it was their freshman year. So. Yeah. Um, molly, I know about PCP. I don't want to. Never, yeah. never that, seen it, never been around it to my knowledge. Uh but yeah, I don't know. As far as I know, PCP is the drug that you that they give the soldiers when they're about to die, like you know, when they're shot, when so they're like, like shot up. Yeah, to give them adrenaline and really? like wake up and then just like be able to do what they need to do Jeez. and then yeah, and so like Jesus Christ. You know, the way I see, yeah, the way I'm seeing it is like, okay, I'm not going to take this drug unless I'm about to die. Exactly. Like and I need and I absolutely need that adrenaline rust to get myself to safety or whatever. Like <laughs> Yeah, I I don't see myself using PCP in any other context no. besides that, and it's no. like you know, it's like, and even if you're in that situation, you're probably not gonna have it on hand. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like, like oh, you know, it's not like it's not like I'm gonna have handy like, dandy you know, PCP in my pocket. Yeah, it's 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 not like I'm gonna have the the shot of PCP just ready up to go like for when that situation happens. Um, Who's got it? <laughs> you got it. So I'm gonna be like, I yeah, told gonna, you to bring it. I'm gonna be shot up at a party and be like. Hey, who has PCP? I know someone's holding. <laughs> I just might die tonight. I just want you to be ready. <laughs> just keep an eye on me. Yeah, but no, that's. I I that was that was a and so like after you know I I always say like you know if you're gonna take a drug do research on it and I remember I I didn't have an interest in taking that drug but I you know I heard a lot of my friends were taking it so 